2: It is 11 a.m. on a Monday morning in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. It is time once again for Southern Pride Sports on your home for University of Alabama Athletics. Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. The show, as always, brought to you by Peter Brook Here, out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard north in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. And Halloween just right around the corner. Two Saturdays away from Halloween 2020. And it's been more tricks, right, than treats in 2020. Uh, It's also Alabama-Mississippi State game day on Halloween this year. Of course, Nick Saban's 69th birthday. Coming up on that very Saturday as well But Peter Brook can take great care of you A traditional favorite of the Halloween season Of course, those caramel-dipped, chocolate-dipped Granny Smith apples out there at Peter Brook Chocolatier Joined on the program by producer James Ludeman Who together we combine to form the 60-minute moon Woo! Of Sports Talk Radio It's a happy, happy James Ludeman On this Monday morning, because his Tampa Bay Rays are World Series bound. Unfortunately, we can't say the same about our Atlanta Braves after that Game 7 loss last night to the Los Angeles Dodgers. 4-3, the series goes to the Dodgers. 4-3, the game went to the Dodgers last night. What about it, James Ludeman? How you doing?
3: Man, I... I I don't even know how to feel. Like I, I looked at it this morning. The Lightning win the Stanley Cup. The Rays are ALCS champions. The Bucks are in first place in the NFC South. Uh and, and then our, our local soccer team, the Tampa Bay Rowdies, won the conference uh-huh. championship.
2: It's just all about it's, Tampa it's, Title Town.
3: It's I mean, Tampa yeah. Bay over here, man.
2: Tampa Bay. Oof. There we go. Uh it is right now, man. And uh look, the Bucks yesterday. Oh, what, down 10 nothing to the Packers and Aaron Rodgers? And this reel-off 38 straight to win that one. It's all about Tampa right now. It's all about Tuscaloosa, too, though, after Saturday night at Bryant-Denny Stadium. The Alabama Crimson Tide, 41-24 to winners over the Georgia Bulldogs. I saw in the Associated Press poll where Georgia slipped to four. I think Georgia should have stayed right there at number three. I mean, what else did we see on Saturday that would make you think Georgia wasn't A top three team, at least in terms of pre Big Ten return, which we know we're going to get this week uh, with the folks to the north finally jumping on board with the college football season. But uh, I mean, did Notre Dame really show you anything in a 12 to 7 win over a Louisville team that has had one of the worst defenses in college football recent history anyway? The last couple of years. What about North Carolina being shocked on the road? At Florida State, is that a top-five team? Eh, Georgia's still very much a top-three team right now. Anyway, but the Alabama Crimson Tide certainly looked like a top-three team in reeling off 24 straight to overcome a 24-17 second-quarter deficit on its way to making it six in a row in the series with the Georgia Bulldogs. Nick Saban did indeed coach. That was a big storyline going into the end of last week. Kind of got the feeling that once Nick got that, really even the first negative, it was going to trend that way. By Friday, you certainly felt there was a great chance that Nick Saban was going to coach against the Georgia Bulldogs. He did, and now he's 22-0 and against his disciples. Uh, 3-0 and now against Kirby Smart. And it's on to Tennessee, in the words of Bill Belichick. On to Knoxville. Where tumultuous times have once again settled over the Smoky Mountains up there in East Tennessee. Tennessee lays an absolute egg on Saturday at home against the Kentucky Wildcats. And look, not to discredit or devalue what Mark Stoops is doing at Kentucky, but 34 to 7 to a team that hadn't beaten you on your home field since 1984.
3: Hey, I, I was wondering something by the way with Tennessee. How how come is it Tennessee, they have they have Tennessee? Yeah, they have quarterback Tennessee. problems, and uh, uh-huh. they they fired their defensive line coach. Why? <laughs> Makes no sense. Yeah,
2: that was that was interesting, and I think Tennessee fans had very much the same reaction as yours there, James. Um, Jim Cheney, Chris Winkie, Will Friend, the offensive line coach. After that performance on Saturday against Kentucky, you pick the uh, the defensive line coach. Must be something. It's got to be something more than just well, the defensive line. He, he, Jeremy didn't like the level to which it was playing. Um, got to be something additional there to the to the Brumball situation, Jimmy Brumball, in his first year, no less. And it looks like it could be, it, it, and that's why I kind of bring that up. It almost reeks of, well, there's got to be something that Tennessee is doing with cause to fire this guy at this point. Because if there isn't, you're pretty much going to be on the hook for the uh, for the buyout there with Jimmy Brumball, which I think he had a three-year deal. You know, so many of these position coaches now with three-year deals. There was a time it was just year-to-year. Year. Then it became a big deal about 10, 15 years ago when position coaches started getting two-year deals. Now we're seeing position coaches, well, Freddie Roach, the defensive line coach at Alabama. He's got a three-year deal. Um, not all that uncommon anymore. And so uh, we'll, we'll anxiously await, uh, in the words of the late, great uh, Paul Harvey, the rest of the story there with Jimmy Brumball. But uh, Rough weekend. Up on Rocky Top for the Tennessee Vols. And so we shift our gears a little bit, but we're certainly going to get into some Georgia review from the Alabama perspective. It is a winners and losers Monday. You think Auburn? Think the Auburn Tigers made that list of winners and losers from the weekend? Yeah. I'm thinking Morrison, that offensive brain trust of Chad Morris and Gus Malzon uh didn't exactly deliver there
3: they need to fire Um, their special teams coordinator
2: that you know it is it's kind of like in baseball when a team is struggling major league baseball what do they do they fire like the bullpen coach you know (laughs) or the hitting coach the batting coach maybe the pitching coach you know that's kind of the way it works in baseball but um yeah, you know, we'll see what the fallout is for the Auburn Tigers. an interesting game now for the Tigers coming up this week against Ole Miss. And Ole Miss was such the darling, right, of the media last week at this time after putting 48 on Nick in the Crimson Tide there in Oxford and then only, only to go to Fayetteville, Arkansas on Saturday and throw six interceptions. Barry Odom, you know, is really – Really interesting how Barry Odom went about defending Ole Miss after he got a look at that Alabama Ole Miss tape. And Barry Odom's a zone guy anyway. Uh, At his core, he likes to play the zone defense. But uh, a lot of zone coverage instead of man coverage from uh, Arkansas in that matchup with Ole Miss on Saturday. Six interceptions for Matt Corral.
3: You know? Arkansas could be three and one right now. You know that?
2: No, should be.
3: Or should be. Should be because of the call against Auburn. They could yeah, they could be three and one. Be.
2: Three and one, and we could very well be looking at an SEC Western Division Championship weekend in Fayetteville, Arkansas, on December the fifth, wow. when Alabama goes out there. And we still might be. But absolutely that's what it should be shaping up as right now. Arkansas essentially won the game at Auburn. But a quick whistle a quick whistle extinguished that. And so here they are at two and two. Two and one in SEC Western Division play and in good shape to potentially be in that sort of mix down the stretch of the season. Alabama looking more like that team so many people thought it would be, especially in the second half and closing out that game from the 24-17 mark on late in the second quarter with a 24 to nothing run to close out the Georgia Bulldogs. What a sequence right there at the end of the half, right? Sort of a demoralizing drive and touchdown for Georgia late, late in that second quarter, especially when you consider the offsides penalty from the Alabama defense that helped keep that drive alive. Georgia, finally, on its third opportunity there after the penalty, had guys wide open on the first two snaps of that sequence. The third one, they finally hit. The toughest of the three was the crossing route in the back of the end zone to Jermaine Burton, but he gets the job done, gives Georgia the 24-17 lead, and Nick Saban 2011 in that situation – probably goes into the half with those timeouts in his back pocket. But this Alabama defense, this Alabama team in general, isn't that Alabama team. And so with the timeouts and with Jalen Waddell and with Devontae Smith, Mac Jones, Najee Harris, Nick, by his standards anyway, gets a little aggressive there late in the half. And lo and behold, Alabama manages to get a second put back on the clock again for a 50-plus yard field goal. Stop me if you've heard that one before.
3: Rest in peace, Nick Saban's headset.
2: <laughs> and it works out just fine. Will Reichard, the sophomore place kicker. You know, I tweeted during the game, use your timeouts here because Will Reichard can get it there from 55-plus. And I had a couple of jack wagons on Twitter you know, kind of laugh me off, you know, hit, call me a joke, LOL me on social media. You know, some of these cats, I think they simultaneously are celebrating like their fourth birthday while they tweet during football games. Anywho, sure enough, Will Reichard. Will Reichard from 52 there. And I don't even think Reichard hit that one flush, but it kind of tells you the sort of leg talent this guy has.
3: That would have been good from 60.
2: I think it would have been good from fifty-five, maybe. I don't think it had enough to get there from sixty. Well but if, he, if he
3: hit it clean, it would have been probably right.
2: Well, yeah, if he hits it flush, he can get it there from sixty. But that's that's what I'm saying. I don't even think he caught that one clean and he still had a little bit left from fifty two. So now it's a four point game. Now your psyche's in a little better place. Uh because George is getting the ball coming out to start that third quarter. You know, Alabama's kickoff coverage Saturday night wasn't much. And it started with a kickoff out of bounds to to kind of get things going there in the first quarter. That wasn't good. And so you give up another one of those kickoff returns to start the third quarter. George is driving it a little bit there, up 24-20. And then Josh Joe makes a hell of a play on a pass breakup. On a third down to kind of snuff that drive. And that's when the stops and takeaways really started. You know, it's one of those sort of under the radar plays, and it didn't exactly lead to Alabama the very next possession going down and scoring, but it was a stop. And as Nick Saban said post game to CBS in his comments going off the field, you got to stop thinking as much about stats and think about it in terms of stops. And that's really where we're at with football in 2020. And Alabama was able to do that in the second half, certainly the two interceptions, Malachi Moore, not only with a huge pick down in uh, the Alabama end of the field, but to return it as well, like he did, flip the field in terms of field position. Daniel Wright with a big interception there as well in the second half. So stops, takeaways. You know, if Alabama was going to be plus two in turnover margin in the game Saturday night, like it was, and then you're going to get the statistical contributions that you did from your Big Four and Mac Jones, Devontae, Jalen, and Najee Harris, there aren't many teams. I don't know if there are any teams in college football that are going to beat an Alabama, this Alabama team. When the numbers look like that. So we'll continue to get into Alabama, Georgia as we move throughout the program. You're welcome to check in as well. 205 342 9904. That is the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio line. Again, it is a winners and losers Monday here on the program. More of the show right here on side 100.9 FM right after this.
4: From the University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide Today. It's a daily update on Bama sports, and it's brought to you by C Spire. Add C Spire Fiber to your roster at cspire.com slash alfiber. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. The second-ranked Alabama Crimson Tide topped the third-ranked Georgia Bulldogs 41-24 to on Saturday night at Bryant-Denny Stadium. Head coach Nick Saban gave his thoughts after Alabama's fourth win of the year. I think one
3: thing to keep in mind: this is a great win, a great win for our team. um, But humility always keeps you hungry. Uh, It's one game; uh, it's against a very good team. But you know, we're going to have to continue to improve in a lot of areas, and we're going to have to continue to work hard uh, to try to play an SEC game every week is tough, uh, and the players have to respond every week because I think everybody you play in this league, you know, can beat you if you don't bring your A game. So. I'll have more in a moment.
0: Here's to the couches, the lawn chairs. That worn-in recliner imprinted by yours truly. These are your front row tickets to a very different college football season. And while you can't be at the game, Seaspire brings the crimson tide to you with the fastest internet speeds for home and business. Because slow is only good for replays. Oh. So call dibs on that seat next to the seven-layer dip.
4: Touchdown. It's football season at Seaspire. The Crimson Tide scored 41 points in Saturday's win against Georgia. That total marked the 17th straight game that Alabama's offense has scored 35 or more points, which is the longest streak in major college football history. Oregon scored at least 35 points in 15 straight games from 2011 to 2012. The streak started with a win over Duke in the 2019 season opener in Atlanta. And that's your Bama update. Crimson Tide Today brought to you by C Spire. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports Network. Pleasant and sunny autumn afternoon ahead for Tuscaloosa. Expect today's high near 83. Tonight, clear
0: and cool with lows near 61. And for Tuesday and Wednesday, mostly sunny skies both days. Highs between 84 and 87 degrees. I'm meteorologist James Spann on Tide 100.9. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com. Or download the free Tide 100.9 app. The Crimson Tide.
1: sorrow Through all these days Of doubt and sin Through all these eternal Nights no tomorrow Gotta stay on straight and narrow And find a little out of it Gotta walk that road road. On On with heaven
2: Of a Monday edition of Southern Fried Sports, right here on Tide 100.9 FM. Travis, you Senior being on us for BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. The show is always brought to you by Peter Chocolates here. You know, the show, because of where we sit in the schedule, the lineup tends to get a little bit newsy. Late in the morning a lot of days, and certainly Monday is one of those, and that's what we're seeing here in the last few moments. Mac Jones named your SEC offensive player of the week following his Ooh. second straight. Four hundred and seventeen yard four hundred and seventeen yard performance, three straight, four hundred yard passing games for Mac Jones now. And he is your SEC offensive player of the week. Also, some game times being solidified for that weekend of October the 31st. For Alabama, that means Mississippi State visiting Bryant-Denny Stadium. And the SEC has announced that that game will air at 6 p.m. Central on ESPN. So I'm guessing that's going to be Sean McDonough and Todd Blackledge along with Todd McShay on the call there from Bryant-Denny Stadium. So you got a game time for Alabama-Mississippi State set for you. Of course, Alabama-Tennessee coming up this Saturday. That's a 2.30 kick on CBS. So there you go, a little bit of news. And you'll get more coming up at the top of the hour, near the top of the hour. The University of Alabama coaching staff will release their players of the week. And then, of course, you'll hear from the head coach himself, the man who overcame – the COVID-19 scare from last week to coach his team to a 41-24 to win over the Georgia Bulldogs, that, of course, being Nick Saban. 205-342-9904 is the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line. We are talking Alabama-Georgia. We are talking SEC football. We're talking winners and losers from the sports weekend in general. We've already hit on some uh, specific games of interest, the Auburn-South Carolina game. How about that finish? Uh, Bo Nix, you got Seth Williams at wide receiver. You got one shot left, down eight. You're in the red zone, and you don't put the ball in the air to Seth Williams. Instead, Bo Nix takes his shot at trying to run the football. Worked out about the way you would have thought. Big win for Will Muschamp. tell you, Ray Tanner, the athletic director at South Carolina, probably pretty happy with that one. Maybe happier than anybody else because it was Ray Tanner, who gave Will Muschamp the extension that included the ridiculous buyout in excess of twenty million? Gus Malzahn, a twenty million buyout man himself, it's kind of like the Teflon Bowl there between South Carolina and Auburn. Because regardless, you really going to write that check? You going to write that check in these times for either of those guys? We'll see. We'll see how it plays out here down the stretch of the 2020 season. I'll give you a loser from Saturday. How about Georgia Tech football giving up 73 to Clemson? (laughs) 7-7 game there on the flats in Atlanta. And Dabo and the crew proceeds to reel off 66 straight. Route 66. Route 66 was Route 66 on that run. You know... And if you've listened to the show over the last four plus years, you know I'm a Paul Johnson fan. I don't remember my guy for all the talk about his outdated, you know, archaic triple option offense. I don't remember my guy getting 73 to 7 when he was at Tech, you know. But look, I think Jeff Collins is a good coach. But I've said all along, my concern for that fit at that place is that, okay, you want to update. You want to become more modernized in your concepts on offense and defense. You want to pro it up. You know, you want to be able to recruit at a higher level because your systems are going to line up more with the National Football League. Well, you know who else is right around you that employs many of those same systems? and is going to out-recruit you by still a wide margin on an annual basis, the team that put 73 on you Saturday is one of them, and Georgia is one of them. That's just a start. Yeah, I get what you're thinking, Georgia Tech, but I also know what your ceiling is maybe a little bit better than you do. If you can win seven or eight, go to bowl games, that's great for Georgia Tech football. And that's what Paul Johnson could do for you on a somewhat consistent basis. I mean, hell, he even got Georgia Tech to some ACC championship games. That was brutal. 73-7. to 7. And also, I think Dabo's job was made easier by the fact that you did have the Alabama-Georgia game on Saturday because so much of the talk was about those two teams. And so that was probably an easy week. Because players know, they know as much as everybody else, what the buzz is about, what the talk is about. It was all about Alabama and Georgia this past week. And so Clemson certainly wanted to show the rest of the country, hey, we're still, we're still right there in that mix, very much so. Clemson, very impressive, no doubt about it. But Georgia Tech, you know, look, maybe in the next year or two, Collins will be able to get enough of those kind of players in there. I know it's just year two, but I just think it's still going to be extremely difficult. 205-342-9904 is the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio Line. We're going to check in with Hank South coming up in the very next segment, by the way. Hank South, of course, does an outstanding job covering recruiting for us there at BamaOnline.com. We've got football recruiting to get into because Jaquincy McKinstry, the five-star corner from Pinson Valley High School, Plays for former Alabama safety Sam Shade over there. Previously, um, you had Patrick Nix. Bo Nix's father is the head coach. He has since moved on to central Phoenix City. But uh, that's a big one set for Sunday. Sunday evening, early af- late afternoon, early evening, to Quincy McKinstry. Looks like he's down to Alabama-Alban. And LSU will ask Hank about that. A lot of basketball recruiting of late as well with Nate Oates and his staff doing their thing. Another pickup over the weekend. This one, once again, I like about Nate Oates and his staff. They're not afraid to go the JUCO route. As you know, we're big fans of the JUCO here. We love the JUCO. And this time, Alabama picked up a commitment from Langston Wilson, the number two overall junior college prospect for the 2021 cycle according to the 24-7 Sports Composite Rankings. So we'll ask Hank about that. also going to ask Hank about his perspective of Saturday night's Alabama-Georgia game through the lens of a recruiting analyst because I'm sure you're sitting there watching it and you're seeing guys on both teams that had crossover on the recruiting trail in terms of interest and perhaps in some instances – Uh, hot pursuit of both uh from both georgia and alabama so why ask hank about that as well and a whole lot more but we are going through some winners and losers on this monday morning and obviously we've hit on some of the winners alabama nick saban steve sarkeesian man did he dial it up saturday night for you what about that fourth quarter too now, that was like a little bit of everything. That was like a greatest hits of offensive football from the last 15 or 20 years. There was some really cool play design. Kind of the motion with Jalen Waddell out into the flat and then sort of faking the quick game. And Devontae Smith slips the DB. Mac delivers the ball to the cone to the pylon for the touchdown to Devontae Smith. That was some cool stuff. I mean, that puts defensive backs in such conflict. And you got Jalen Waddle motioning out to the flat. You got to honor that. Matt gives him the little shoulder shimmy like he's going to quick it out there. And now Devontae Smith is coming at you as if he's going to block for Jalen Waddle. So you sort of have to get into that kind of technique to deal with the block that you're anticipating because that's Jalen Waddle that's about to get the football in space. And, of course, Devontae sells it, slips out on sort of a wheel route, and it's six. And then in the fourth quarter, that was like a special love letter to the the run-the-damn-ball crowd. What did Alabama have in the fourth quarter Saturday night? Was it like 18 runs, I think? I want to say that of Najee Harris's 31 carries, 14 were in the fourth quarter. 11 plus minutes of time of possession. You want to help your defense? You want to see the defense play better? <laughs> have the defense take the ball away a couple times, like it did in the second half, and then have the Alabama offense melt away 11 minutes of the fourth quarter clock, like it did. Yeah, that's what Nick Saban has in mind when he talks about controlling the game. That fourth quarter was what it was all, what it is all about. We're going to head to a break as we do so. I want to remind you, the program brought to you in part by Houston Hydrasteam, our great friends there at Houston Hydrasteam, Call them today at 205-553-9460. Have them come out and take care of your carpets, your rugs, your upholstery, your tile, your grout cleaning, you name it. They're going to do it for you in a first-class manner. Houston Hydrosteam 205-553-9460. They're home to the Houston Rug Revival. We had it performed at Casa de Rire. Great, great stuff. Great, great folks. Houston Hydrosteam, quality work you can stand on. Back with Hank South, recruiting analyst for BamaOnline.com on a Monday edition of Southern Fried Sports right after this. <laughs> right here on Tide 100.9 FM, Travis Schreier, senior analyst for BamaOnline.com with you on a daily basis, a weekday basis from 11 a.m. until noon. It's my pleasure right now to head to the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line and welcome in my cohort there at BOL, recruiting analyst Hank South does an outstanding job for us there covering all things Alabama recruiting. We're going to go around the horn with Hank a little bit. On this Monday morning and Hank, as I bring you on here, I just got to ask you through the lens of a recruiting analyst watching that game Saturday night and with so much crossover between these two programs in terms of the recruiting trail and guys that. Forget about guys in their second or third year in the program there at Georgia. Guys eight, nine months ago that we talked about so much with you. Guys like Kendall Milton at the running back position. Darnell Washington at tight end. Um, N'Kobe Dean a couple of classes ago. George Pickens from Hoover. Uh, I, I just like your take on on how you kind of watch the game. I know you watch it like the rest of us do, but it's got to be – uh, it's got to be particularly interesting when you've covered these guys like you have.
5: Yeah, I think I annoyed my wife talking to her about it. I, you know, I like like, George Pickens catches a pass, and I start telling her about his recruitment or Nekobi Dean. My wife, actually, it's funny, she remembers a lot of these recruitments because, you know, I'm always on the phone with a lot of these kids or their parents. And so it's almost like she's getting to know these kids. too. <laughs> it's always, it's always uh, fun, especially in a game like this, you know, Alabama and Georgia. Georgia, you know, I feel like that's the you know recruiting battles we're talking about the most the last few years, and and that was certainly the case in, in the 2020 cycle. You know, um, with, with guys like Darnell Washington, that that was a recruitment that ran late into the process with uh, with Bama and in, in Georgia pressing for him. Um, Kendall Milton, that one was early, over a little bit earlier, but um, certainly a running back. Alabama was involved with, and, and he committed to Georgia in the in the summer of uh, I guess last summer, I guess. Um, but, yeah, you know, and then on the Alabama side, maybe not as much, um, you know, Bama-Georgia battles, but a guy like Malachi Moore, um, you know, playing really well again after his really strong performance against Texas A&M. And Brian Branch was sort of a, uh, a Bama-Georgia thing, too. He's obviously from the state of Georgia, um, but, you know, he committed to Bama early over over OU and Tennessee. But Georgia Georgia got him on campus last year during the season, so that, that was kind of a recruiting battle worth worth mentioning. But, no, it's always fun to see – see these guys on the field especially early you know fresh off you know having just covered their recruitments you know you get to know these guys really well so you know it's fun to see them do well and and out there performing performing early
2: there was some i don't know if it was real but there was some intrigue i guess i would say wasn't there with evan neal and trey sanders later in the process a couple of cycles ago with, with georgia involved there too yeah, that was kind of an interesting one. You know, I, th- I think
5: entering, um, you know, I think Evan Neal was always pretty strong leaned to Alabama. I-, I think he was, he, he was interested in Georgia. Um, he took that late official visit with Trey Sanders in December of uh, December 2018. And-, and there was a lot of chatter about, um, you know, Evan Neal possibly going to Georgia, but I think he was pretty set on Bama, you know, you know, from, from months prior there, but Trey ne- uh Trey Neal, Trey Sanders was actually a, a really interesting one. He was a guy that was leaning Bama. Obviously, had been committed to Bama prior. Um, that everyone thought was going to end up there, and then, you know, come that that official visit he took to Georgia in, in December, and then, uh, you know, even on the morning of early signing day back in December of 2018, everyone had him pegged to Georgia. The, they they you know turned the momentum on, on Alabama and and, and uh, looked like the team to beat. And then, uh, you know, Bama, you know, won it in the end. You know, he, he, he ultimately decided on Alabama, you know, in, in a matter of just like a few hours. So, um, you know, th- those were, yeah, those were two more um, 2019 battles you can throw into Kobe Dean there, too, with one of those, another wild recruitment. But, yeah, you know, I, I think this is going to be a theme. Um, you know, it's not going to be in the regular season every year, but um, certainly, you know, we'll probably see Bama and Georgia in the SEC title game few more times i'd imagine and there's going to be a lot of you know crossover on the recruiting trail there
2: i guess also strange the best way to describe it that you have a game like you had saturday night and because we are in a essentially uh, cycle long dead period it looks like you don't have any official or unofficial yeah. visitors for the game at Bryant denny's about one that you circle one or two that you circle every year mm-hmm. uh and this is the case for for other for every other program out there too but you know how, how strange is that to sort of take the temperature of targets commitments recruits in general coming off a game like that knowing that 95% of them weren't in the stadium i guess a few maybe some legacies uh, were were there of, of players maybe for Alabama, but uh, totally different perspective from that angle too, I guess.
5: Yeah, it, it is still weird. You know, I've kind of it's almost you've kind of gotten used to it at this point. Um, you know, we haven't had regular visit schedules since uh, since March. You know, it's it just kind of it was it was so strange at first. You know, A day going by or no A day going by. Um, you know, no summer camps. Um, you know, already had one home game, one big home game with A&M. And so, you know, kind of gotten used to it at this point. But, yeah, no, it's it's very strange. And like you said, you know, some guys can still go, you know, if they, if they buy their own tickets and, and, and get to campus. They obviously can't meet with the coaching staff. And, you know, we saw a few guys do that. You know, Dallas Turner actually came up from South Florida. Um, Ian Jackson has been to both home games. Um, you know, the local guys I think you'll see there pretty regularly. Um, but, yeah, no, it's, it's wild because usually you spend – after a win like that, you spend – the rest of Saturday night, all of Sunday, and most of Monday, you know, calling guys, getting visit reaction, and that's you know, you can still obviously recruits watch the games on TV, so we're, we're still doing that. But yeah, it's it's a lot different, um, you know, covering covering this cycle than it has in years past.
2: Yeah, a couple of promising defenders there, and Dallas Turner, the edge uh, defender from South Florida, and Ian Jackson, the inside, the uh, in state linebacker there from Prattville, uh talk about a promising in-state prospect it is officially jaquincy mckinstry week i guess hank as we prepare for his announcement set for this coming sunday the outstanding athlete a five-star again top target also plays basketball as we know over there at pinson valley high school how do things kind of sit in your opinion uh with, with mckinstry it looks like i guess there's uh, really, three finalists at this point. Uh, you know Where is Alabama's place, sort of, in all this?
5: Yeah, you yeah. know, I still feel um, cautiously optimistic about Bama's chances um, this, this Sunday for for his commitment. Um, this is, you know, one that it, it really, it truly has gone back and forth. You know, since April, he's been saying, you know, I'll I'll make an announcement probably anytime anytime I feel like it. So it's kind of always been just soon. It's coming soon, and then throughout the summer, there was a little chatter then. Uh, it, all of August, it was that he was going to commit to school by the end of August, and Auburn was trending. Then September it kicked back up. By the end of September, he's going to commit somewhere. And you know, uh, there, there's been different periods of time where different schools have been trending. And he has that top three of Alabama, Auburn, and LSU. There was a lot of buzz about LSU in the spring, um, then Auburn, um, and then now it's looking like. And, and Bama's had momentum at, at one point or another too, but now it's looking like Bama may have taken back hold of that. Kind of, kind of that buzz, or that that uh, the, you know, that optimistic chatter um, entering this week. I, I don't think it's, you know, I don't think he's told a to school or anything. I don't, I don't think it's done by any means. You know, I, I think these schools are still chipping away, trying to uh, to work on him this week, and, and we'll continue to do so to Sunday. But I think there's reasons to feel good for Alabama. You obviously look at the need, um, you know, the, the opportunity to play basketball as well. He has that at all three schools that are recruiting him, and that, that's something that he says is important to him. Uh, you know, he has a really strong relationship with Carl Scott, who's, who's been recruiting him for a while. Obviously, has a strong relationship with Nick Saban, who's personally involved in this recruitment as well. Um, and so that's always a plus when, when you're working on a top tar- target. So, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting this weekend. Uh, this Sunday, I believe it's 4.30 Central Time, and it's expected to be on CBS HQ. So, uh, you know, we'll have
2: it live on, uh, on 24-7 Sports. The nation's top-ranked class right now with 21 commitments, the Alabama Crimson Tide for the 2021 cycle, four of which are composite five stars. So you consider the numbers, and you think about potentially McKinstry being a part of this group. Where else do you look from a positional standpoint? Because the numbers are getting tight. Are you thinking uh, maybe a wide receiver, maybe another defensive spot or two as you look ahead to, to wrapping this thing up, Hank?
5: Yeah, you know, I, I think the heavy focus will be, like you said, there, there's only a few spots left, so I, I think the heavy focus will be defensive back and defensive defensive line, particularly that, that uh, defensive end spot. You know, you look at the guys remaining on the board there. You got Shamar Turner, Tunamise Adelie, uh, JT Tomo, Tomolau, um, and, and even a guy like Tariq Sapp, the, the defensive end committed to Florida down at uh, St. Thomas Aquinas there with Dallas Turner. Uh, so there, there's several targets there, um, you know, defensive back. Even if, you know, Jaquincy McKinstry commits to Alabama this weekend, I don't, I don't think that's going to slow things down with, with guys like Terry and Arnold, who's been a priority target for, for a long time. Um, you know, Sage Ryan is a guy we've talked about a lot, the, the five-star um, athlete that's recruited a safety from, from Louisiana. Um, and then, you know, uh, beyond that, you know, if there are other spots you're going to fill out, you know, Xavier Sori, the outside linebacker from uh, IMG Academy, he's always – I think going to be a guy that probably has a spot. Um, And then, you know, as far as, you know, wide receiver goes, you know, they have three really highly ranked um, coveted wide receivers that, you know, I think Ben is very high on. I think we'd be very happy to just sign and, and be done at the position for, for 2021. But, you know, if the right guy comes along, you know, a guy like Brian Thomas, if he wants in, you know, I, I think he's, he's another guy you, you, you kind of just you make room for with his talent level. So, um, yeah, I think, I think the focus will be defensive back and defensive line. Um, but, you know, there's always that elite category
2: guy that, you know, if they want in, that, that you kind of just find room for. Going to save the best for last, at least of late here, with Hank South, recruiting analyst for BamaOnline.com, and that's been the recruiting effort of the Alabama men's basketball program. Another hot stretch here for head coach Nate Oates and his staff. Most recently on Sunday, as you reported there at BamaOnline.com, junior college power forward Langston Wilson, the number two overall J.C. prospect, uh, for the 2021 cycle, commits to Nate Oats and Alabama. The addition of Wilson to go along with, again, just in the last week or so, five-star point guard J.D. Davison, uh, four-star wing and Jason Holt. Alabama now up to number 13 overall in the composite 24/7 Sports team class rankings, and the number two overall class in the SEC. Hank, what's the what's the potential? Ceiling for this class, with UA still involved with a couple of other top twenty-five nationally ranked recruits like Caleb Houston and Charles Bettyaco, the six-eleven center from IMG. That you know, you see some some notable voices in the college basketball recruiting circuit really thinking maybe Bettyaco's headed to Alabama as well.
5: Yeah, you know, he, if you look at his twenty-four-seven Sports crystal ball, it, it's all Alabama. Um, we haven't jumped in on that yet on, on BOL as far as you know my pick and uh, and, and our, our publisher Tim Watts' pick, but you know I, w- I wouldn't argue with that. I, I think there's there's some positive momentum there, and you know Bama's been after him for a while. Um, you know Brian Hodgson. It, it's funny because Keon Ambrose, um, Hilton, the the Bama signee from from the 2020 class, he was a teammate of Charles Bediaco at uh, Andrews Osborne Academy, and when they went to go they. W- the purpose of going to that program for a visit um, last year was to see Betty Yako and they happened to see um, Keon Ambrose and they offered him and liked him a lot in, in, from what they saw there. So that's kind of a interesting tie back, but certainly, you know, a longstanding relationship there. Brian Hodgson recruits so well um, and, and it looks like he has Bama in a really good, good spot there. And, you know, Caleb Houston, I think that one's still a little bit more open. I, I think he's down to four or five schools, but Bama's in there. Um, and certainly a school, people are people are taken very seriously in, in his recruitment. Both guys are in, in Florida right now um, as Bama works away at him. But no, I mean, the, the, as far as the ceiling, you know, I, uh, Tim Watts tweeted about it. I, I thought best, you know, this could be, you know, if they, if they get those two guys to go along with who they have already, I think you're talking about best best signing class in that in history. I mean, you, I mean, you have to, I think, with that kind of uh, caliber of players on board. Um, and, and you know, ever since it feels like J.D. Davison committed. I, obviously, Jason Holt was a huge commitment, but since J.D. Davison committed, you know, even even you know his what he's doing on Twitter. You know, he doesn't talk much to media or do a lot of interviews, but you know, I, I think he's working on uh, working on getting in guys' ears. I, I've talked to football players. I've talked to a few other basketball guys that you know they all know him, and, and he, you know he's he's talking to him and 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 working on him. So uh, you know, this 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 has a chance to be a pretty special class.
2: Yeah, with Kool-Aid's background in hoops, mm-hmm. is there is there a connection there with J.D. Davison maybe that could help Alabama here in, in trying to wrap this up with McKinstry?
5: Yeah, you know, I, I think there is. I, I, think they're, I think they know each other. I'm not sure how close, but I have heard, you know, bringing him up with, with people close to, to J.D., um, that there's certainly a relationship there. Um, even Terry and Arnold, too. I talked to Terry, in, you know, I guess it was two or three weeks ago. And he, he, he'd already talked to J.D. Davidson since he had committed to Bama. So uh, there's – since J.D. had committed to Bama. But he was talking to Terry and about um, his
2: future decisions.
5: So, yeah, there, there's a lot of uh, crossover in football and basketball this cycle.
2: And it's interesting to see
5: how it's unfolding.
2: Always great stuff with Hank South, recruiting analyst for BamaOnline.com. If you haven't already, give Hank a follow on Twitter at HankSouth247. Hank, we appreciate the time, my friend. Look forward to – your continuing coverage, big week coming up with Jaquincy McKinstry and a whole lot more there at BamaOnline.com. Thanks, Hank. Yes, sir. Thanks, Travis. There he goes. Hank South, recruiting analyst for BamaOnline.com. We're going to step aside for a break and we come back. More of a Monday edition of Southern Fried Sports right after this. It's
0: a pleasant and sunny autumn afternoon ahead for Tuscaloosa. Expect today's high near 83. Tonight, clear and cool with lows near 61. And for Tuesday and Wednesday, mostly sunny skies both days. Highs between 84 and 87 degrees. I'm meteorologist James Spann on Tide 100.9. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9. And streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
1: I got this
2: one in heavy rotation right now, man. man. Sturgill Simpson just dropped a bluegrass album that consists entirely of previously recorded material that he's done, but he's doing it all in bluegrass. They not get much better than that right there. Sturgill Simpson. Cutting Grass Volume 1. If you haven't checked it out already, you should. And just put it on loop. Trust me, you'll be better for it. It's Southern Fried Sports on a Monday morning right here on Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Schreier, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. show brought to you in part by Chase's Residential and Commercial Cleaning. 20 years of quality cleaning experience. That's what you're getting in Yeshika Barnes and her outstanding company, Chase's Residential and Commercial Cleaning, 205-886-3616. Dependability, first and foremost. I mean, they're going to do a great job, but it starts with the dependability aspect of Chase's Residential and Commercial Cleaning, 205-886-3616. Winners and losers as we wind down a Monday edition of Southern Fried Sports. Uh, Tua. What about Tua getting in there a little bit yesterday down in Miami? And that went over the hapless Jets. Tua. I cringed a little bit when his first pass had him rolling to the left. Because as we've talked about on the program here, some of his worst moments at Alabama entailed him moving to his left including the play in which his hip was fractured against Mississippi State last November. I don't want to be that guy. I'm just telling you how I respond when I see. It was good because it showed you the hip is healed and how he went about doing it, but I just don't like seeing Tua move to his left. I just don't. Got some bad memories about that. Speaking of the NFL, you got another doubleheader Monday for you. How do you like that? A matinee. You got a four o'clock kickoff on a Monday today. And not just like, it's not the Jags and the Bengals, okay? This is Chiefs Bills coming up at 4 Central this afternoon. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. You're going to like that. Boy, you had, you really, before Dak got hurt, you had some quarterback matchups today. Uh, Arizona with Kyler Murray going to take on Dallas in the nightcap. So uh, Andy Dalton doesn't quite. Get you going, like maybe Dak did, but some pretty good football. Kind of a double dip, double dip this afternoon and this evening for you. Four o'clock in the afternoon, Monday afternoon football. How about that? Live long enough, you'll see just about everything, I guess. Hey, uh, as we get out of here, we told you earlier, Mac Jones is your – SEC Offensive Player of the Week. The Alabama coaches have named seven Players of the Week for their performances against the Georgia Bulldogs on the offensive side of the ball. No surprises there, really. Mac Jones at quarterback. Alex Leatherwood was really good at left tackle in the game. Devontae Smith, hellacious performance once again at the wide receiver position. Defense. You actually had three guys this week. That's good news. Christopher Allen, the outside linebacker. Dylan Moses, Patrick Sertan, the second. And then on special teams, you had Will Reichard. Will Reichard with that 52-yard field goal right before the half. Not sure if you noticed it or not. Maybe Scott Cochran was trying to be funny, a little bit funny there at the end of the half. If you go back and watch that field goal by Will Reichard with one second left on the clock, you'll see Georgia had a guy deep back around the end line. Maybe anticipating the ball coming up a little bit short. Scott Cochran, yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to recreate maybe a, pick, a kick six there, you think? Oof. But uh, Riker got it home. Again, I don't even think Riker caught that flush, but still plenty of leg to get it through. He had 11 points in a game. Still perfect. Will Riker is on field goals and extra points. Also mixed in some kickoffs. As we talked about earlier in the show, kickoff coverage wasn't exactly a strength for Alabama. But, you know, really haven't done it much. Just haven't seen teams returning kickoffs. So uh, I would expect that will get fixed in the coming days. Punting also, something Alabama needs to improve on. Had a sequence there in the first half where you lost the waddle punt return to the block in the back that would have put you out near midfield. Instead, you're backed up at your own seven. You end up punting, and your punt goes 30 yards. And that sort of paved the way for Georgia's first touchdown of the night on Saturday. That's going to do it for a Monday edition of Southern Fried Sports. Thanks to James Ludeman for producing it. Thanks to Hank South. 247 sports.com, bamaonline.com, joining us on the program. The lunch whistle on this Monday, Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North, in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. Take care of your case of the Mondays at Southern Ale House. Get a burger, get that yard bird chicken sandwich. Anything on that great menu is going to brighten your Monday at Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. Until 11 a.m. on Tuesday, have a great rest of your Monday, everybody. New York City, St. Joe.
1: Back to New Mexico, this old rig is coming in and rolling, it's doing fine. If somebody wants to know what's become of this horse, so tell them I'm somewhere looking for me in of that long white line.